This is the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. In the previous episode of the podcast, I spoke with Moral Porcozemi about her work and her participation in the Deep Lab project at Carnegie Mellon University. Our conversation was, was so interesting. Uh, I invited Moral back to talk a little bit more about the, about the project, about Deep Lab. And we are also joined by Adi uh, Wagenek, the, let's say for the moment, the instigator of the collaborative. Uh, Adi's an artist who splits her time between New York City and Austria. Welcome, both of you, to the show. Thanks for thanks. having me back. Moral, thanks for coming back on short notice. Um, so, Adi, let's start with you. Can you maybe introduce yourself for the listeners and then maybe talk a little bit about Deep Lab and why you got it started? Uh, sure. So my name is, again, Addie Wagenicht, and I am an artist with Bitforms Gallery in New York City. Uh, I guess I'm the founder of Deep Lab and a member of a few other collaboratives on top of that. Um, so I guess Deep Lab was really conceived in around 2013. Uh, I was approached by Golan Levin, who's the director at the Studio for Creative Inquiry at Carnegie Mellon, and he said, hey, you're doing a lot of projects with surveillance, you know, what do you have that's interesting right now? And I kind of threw some stuff I was doing, but it wasn't really the right fit. And I started thinking more kind of big picture on what's interesting and what's going on. So I proposed this idea of kind of having a congress of uh, researchers, artists, dativist people, uh, engineers, cultural producers who are working in the themes of privacy and surveillance and social hacking and so forth. Um, so we came together at Carnegie Mellon for a week under a Warhol Foundation grant to basically write a book, uh, create some projects which we released publicly and we kind of created a short term film, a short documentary film. Right. And and so you had so it was about fifteen or twenty women altogether, right? For yeah, a, a week or so, about, right? And it was about yeah. I think we had actually more like ten to twelve of us there because there were a few people that unfortunately just couldn't make it couldn't for make some it, reason. Right. But right. so so was the was the stated goal to um, was the outcome to say we're going to create these this documentary we're going to create this um, we're going to create this book or was there sort of a, a broader agenda you had in mind? Uh, I mean, me specifically, uh, I, or you mean in terms of the group? Or yeah, yeah, and in, in terms of the group. I guess um, thinking about kind of the notion or the idea of code and technology being this all-encompassing thing that we live within at this point, mm -hmm. um, and kind of approaching that idea and concept and as I mean, I would almost go so far to say that hacking is almost this metaphor for living and it becomes really about how you can read and write and contribute to the world, you know, because yeah. if you're not literate in code, you can't necessarily contribute to culture. So I was really almost thinking the initial Congress was like an experiment and we were going to come together and kind of see what was going to come out of that collaboratively. Right. Yeah, the, the term hacking is interesting because in, in my field of sort of research economics, uh, when I say, you know, come to my hackathon or come to this event, a lot of researchers say, well, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go to a hackathon because that's going to, you're going to be doing some illegal, um, some illegal work. It's sort of like this Edward Snowden thing. So is there, is there sort of this idea that we can, can we change that, the, the connotation around the word hacker or hacking? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a bigger goal of the hacking communities in general is hacking's really been stigmatized mm -hmm. culturally. 
Mm-hmm. And like when you search it on Google, you see these pictures of these guys with these black hoodies on and matrix code and everything looks very illegal. And, <laughs> right, right, right. And so there's a stigma around the idea of hacking and I think to some extent encryption about being these things that like only illegal people do or people that are trying to, you know, hide illegal information from other people and it's just not the case at all. Right. So kind of busting open those doors is an interesting thing to be working on. And and you and you limited the group to to just women. So what was the what were the sort of advantages and disadvantages of of doing that? Um, I mean, I have I don't know. I I think well maybe we can both agree on this, Marla and I, myself. But I've primarily been working with men my whole life, like in, in doing things with computers and computer science. So for to some extent, like that's the normal is a male dominated field. Right. And so I was really interested in seeing you know, what changes or how things change or how, how do we approach things if it's a quote-unquote like female-only environment. Moral, you feel sort of the same way? I feel the same way. Get, get the men out of the room. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it can be really interesting. <laughs> get the men out of the room. Yeah, I mean, so there was, you know, there's always these sort of flare-ups that occur, especially around these sort of hardcore tech conferences where um, you hear these stories about, you know, men um, acting, you know, completely inappropriately around, around women at these conferences. Have either of you sort of, um, not, not to, you know, talk about specific um, examples or, or experiences, but have you sort of seen those, um, those, those situations occur? And, you know, was it, were you, at, at the, during the project, did anyone sort of talk about those issues? Was that something that sort of came up? Or was it like, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, privacy and security, and we're going to be hacking, and the, sort of the gender issues, are, we're not going to talk about the gender issues. Who's going to start? <laughs> I, I mean, you can start if you, if you want. Go for I it. Think, we, I think we talked a little bit about um, what it feels like being a woman in, in this scene, or just generally being a woman in a male-dominated yeah. um, working environment. Um, and, I, and we didn't talk a lot about... I, Addy, just correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we didn't talk too much. It wasn't it wasn't the toner of the, of yeah. the um, gathering. Right. Um, but we touched up on it, and we sort of talked about how men sometimes are or most of the time are really, really confident about what they do, whether they've done it for, whether they've done something for three weeks or three years, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But um, women always doubting themselves, whether they've done it for three years or three weeks, you know? So there's always this um, anxiety or um, you're unsure about your ability to to create or Mm -hmm. you're, you're not sure if you're actually, if you actually have the skills this is a thing that I think women in particular struggle with, this feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not many who are um, who tough up and basically go on stage with, with, without blinking once and, 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 you know, just that sort of right. difference. And did you feel the same way? Was that... Was that part of the? Was that part of your your effort to bring these uh, this particular group together to have those conversations? I mean, my original intention wasn't for it to be a female centric group. It just so happened that that was what it 
create was kind of created and formed into because I was really interested in, in bringing in people who I thought were very good at what they were doing uh-huh. um, and 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 thinking of us more as stronger as a group or a unit as we were as individuals mm-hmm. um, and being able to kind of embrace and take that power of of each of our own kind of niches and expertises and harvest that into something you know larger than what we could do on our own right right so in terms of the project itself aside from the sort of the the um well and i guess in addition to the sort of tangible output of the documentary and the and the and the videos of the talks and the the book itself were there were there other actionable were there actionable outcomes from the from the collaborative that you would all say like we should be doing x y and z um, you mean in terms of projects or a larger social? Well, either one, <laughs> projects or larger social. So we should be, you know, in terms of privacy and security, like are there things that um, individuals or firms or governments should or should not be doing? Um, are there projects that came out of it that, you know, you know, people were really excited about sort of investigating further or creating new things going down the line? Well... I mean, of course, there's things that people should be doing, and we we had a lot of conversations about kind of the flaws and things like why are more people using encryption, and why is it so hard to get people using it, and mm-hmm. and kind of those sort of questions. Uh, because it was initially the first kind of meeting, we were more interested in the output of like very short-term projects, like kind of more speed projects that we could do during that week, and kind yeah. of have something where we could use it that Congress as more of a starting point than an end point. Right. Uh, and we know that, you know, I think the direction that we've been heading as a society the last few decades, um, you know, if we want to change that, we have to represent, we have to change kind of the representation or, or the people that are representing um, us as socially. And so doing, that's, you know, the people doing the work behind the computers, both and in front of the screens. Right. So you mentioned this was sort of the kickoff, um, the kickoff event. What are sort mm-hmm. of your longer term? Do you have longer term goals? Morel said on the last episode that there's going to be another one coming up. So do you have sort of a longer term goal, longer term agenda? Uh, I mean, we're meeting in a few weeks in New York at the New Museum at New Inc. Uh, to do. I think the next this next kind of residency, if you want to call it that, will be more based and focused around public outreach and public education and uh, panels and those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, hopefully the longer term or the the longer term goal, I think, for everyone is to kind of look at the way things are being done and hopefully start changing that trajectory for society as a whole. So one of the things that Morale and I talked about last time was this idea of whether data visualization can affect the way people think about issues and ultimately act on issues. So when you bring this sort of group together and you, and, and sort of one of the goals is let's in, educate and inform and show people what they should and should not be doing, what are the sort of things that you think people will pay attention to and actually will help them sort of change their behavior? I think that's different for each person. Mm-hmm. For me, um, when I see like data viz projects specifically where you could see uh, there was recently something I saw on Twitter that was um, like the pay the pay scale differences in in the U.S. where every single basically state was pink for women being paid less than men. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and seeing those sort of visualizations where it's like this very stark in your face difference, mm -hmm. uh, those are very like, I don't know, to some extent like rage inducing, which then causes <laughs> me to, to sometimes produce work of my own. And, right. and there's kind of this trickle down effect, right? Like you do something that then might change someone else's idea and change someone else's idea. And, and that's, you know, ultimately how culture is created. Right, right. And is the work that you do your your um, the work that you do is that is that focus on data is it focus on blending data and art together? I would say uh, I was so I was traditionally trained quote unquote like I went to the university for computer science and photography and physical computing which is a weird mix so I have my true artist friends who say I'm more of a hacker scientist, but then my science friends say I'm more of an artist. So I'm kind of this in-between of the two. So you just have to pick your friends. Right. <laughs> but I think I definitely, I think my work in general is definitely kind of about these notions within contemporary issues. So like the cloud is a physical object, for example, or manifestations of infrastructure, you know, how I reinterpret a server closet, things like mm -hmm. that. So it's it's very, like, conceptual while still having this very literal um, concepts behind it. Right, right. So, Moral, so maybe we should turn back to this conversation that we started last time. And, of course, we're not going to have time to finish it today. But, <laughs> you know, this sort, of, this sort of idea of, you know, privacy and security and... and I added this, 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 this comment you just made about, you know, I think people feel like the cloud is just like literally a cloud and it's, it's not, right? Um, right. <laughs> but, how, but how do you get a bunch of people together to, to really pay attention? I feel like there was this flurry around security and privacy uh, when Edward, the, around the Edward Snowden story and then it sort of just trickled away again. But the issues haven't really right. changed or anything. So right. how, how do you, even if you have a, a group of great people who are doing great work, how do you get people to sort of pay attention, just even to pay attention to the issues again? I'm American, so... <laughs> <laughs> And I love, you know, America's great, but there's, I would say the majority of Americans are pretty lazy and they don't really necessarily have any interest in changing something that doesn't affect them financially. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the NSA might be reading all their Gmail, but they're not going to change that because Gmail's free. So a lot of times I think it takes affecting people in a way that personally affects them financially through something that happens to a family member for them to ultimately change. And that's kind of my jaded opinion, but mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Morale, what do you think? I think do we just, I... use, do we just use DataViz to do it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Please do. DataViz in that. Yeah, um, that's, that's actually an interesting thought. Yeah, of course. If it doesn't affect you personally, right. why would you care? Or why it's not immediate, it's not urgent enough yeah. to to act on something. Right. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, in terms of data viz, maybe that's completely transferable and, and, the, and the impact on data viz too. Because will you share something that you're personally, in, that you have a personal interest in, uh, interest in um, more than something that you don't have a personal interest in. Like, I'm totally into all of the Middle East Eastern stuff. Right. And I and I reshare and I share and I read and I make people read that stuff um, a lot more than I do other things. Mm -hmm. Like, so um, because I have a personal connection to there. Yeah. Um, 
and I know people from there, and I and and, and I'm closer to that than to the say uh, Chinese economic crisis or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's also important, but yeah, it takes it takes a person to be pissed off about something to to make a change or. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, with the Snowden thing, I felt like people got really pissed off for about you know a week, and then (laughs) it sort of just disappeared. But like nothing really, nothing really changed aside from maybe some congressional hearings and you know some newspaper articles. And so I wonder, is the fact Mm -hmm. that you started this this collaborative is that sort of uh, on the leading edge of an effort to sort of re-engage people and say this stuff hasn't nothing things haven't really changed. There are some important issues out there, um, and the technology continues to move so fast that maybe we as a society and we as a you know and our governments aren't really keeping pace. Right. Or the governments, you know, it's not necessarily always in the government's interest to to educate people about security and encryption because then they lose a lot of their ability to track people. Mm-hmm. So in, as you go forward with the, with the Deep Lab project, will, there be, will you be pulling together sort of data to sort of highlight the, the various issues for people? Or is it going to be more like uh, data in terms of uh, usage and um, NSA stats and privacy, whatever it is? Or is it more on sort of the technical aspects? I feel like People can get behind like um, such and such agency, you know, collects you know this much information as opposed to sort of you know describing the infrastructure of the the cloud technology. Does that make sense? I think so. So as you go forward, mm-hmm. sort of where where do you try to where are you going to try to sort of do that communication? I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, where this is the I think I personally think it's the beauty of Deep Lab that um, there's the space and the freedom to do whatever a member wants to do with something. It's, there's artistic freedom that you can just take advantage of. Yeah. So if somebody's, if I'm, I, I like working with data and information. So I'll probably be the person who goes more into the data viz direction. Right. Somebody else likes to write. Um, and research about that, that person is going to write about this, yeah. something that is interesting. Um, so, so the diversity of work that comes out of it is, is the strength of it, of yeah. the deep lab, I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah, I, interesting. I agree. Really interesting. Yeah, to have all these artists and engineers and data viz and data scientists yeah. all together. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, we are all like, every one of us has, has touched upon all of these points, but um, I don't think you can, you can say that we are sort of a, it's not that you pinpoint on one specific genre and then you say, we we do data this, we do data analysis, we Mm -hmm. we do everything. (laughs) Uh, And so saying that it's a collaborative, collective, doing creative work, I think it's probably, I mean, in my opinion, probably the closest you can get right. in this, yeah. Yeah, in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Great. Well, this uh, this has been really terrific. It's been really interesting. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with in the next uh, the next several meetings. I hope there's several meetings and we all get to pay attention and see what's going on. So um, thanks to both of you for coming on. I appreciate it. 
Thank you, yeah, too. Thank you so much for having us. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you have questions or comments, send me a note or hit me up on Twitter or visit the website at policybiz.com. I'm John Schwabish, and this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.